Thank you for coming tonight. Um, I want to talk about, you know, I always ask God, what do you want me to do on Wednesday before Thanksgiving? I've done all kinds of different things. Sometimes I've had testimonials on people that are thankful. Things that you're thankful for, we could spend the rest of the evening saying things you're thankful for. Wow. Wow. One person could do that. Things you're thankful for. We got so much to be thankful for. And we appreciate it. What's your point now? That flower? And Mr. Walling, what is that? Good. It's hard to stump him. It's hard to stump him. Bromeliad. Bromeliad. I, I sent that picture to Corey uh, Phillips. I didn't stump him. He had it, but, but he went to school for that. But uh, bromeliad. What, what I learned about this flower, what amazes me about God? Okay, let's just talk about God. The curtain that separated the holy place from the holy of holies, where the Ark of the Covenant was, was blue. Or if it was, let's see, I don't, maybe I'm getting the order wrong, but the colors were purple, blue, and red. I believe that was the way it was. It was blue, purple, and red, possibly blue, purple, and red. But anyways, they weren't just pastel, they were like this vivid. And it's only God can put these kind of colors together. And you look at them and go, wow, that thing came out of an ugly plant. That plant is somewhat ugly. I mean, it, as plants go. But man, what a knockout the colors are on that. Caitlin and her husband are here tonight. God bless you, man. Good to see you too. Did you come down in that old uh, El Dorado? No? The hood on that El Dorado, man, 20 feet long almost. That, Mrs. Atto, that brings back memories. I went to visit her, and she had a, a white Eldorado, was it, over against the fence? Teal, excuse me. Had weeds growing up through it and everything else. <laughs> I'm not sure why they keep stuff like that, but it is what it is. Well, anyway, that's beautiful, isn't it? I just wanted to show you that, that heaven is a beautiful place, full of glory and grace. I want to see my Savior's face. But heaven is a beautiful place. It's going to be phenomenal. I've been a diver. I've, I've got thousands of hours under the water. I've been to Hawaii, over on Hawaii, over on Cayman Islands, over most of the Keys, Bahamas. Not all of them, but, you know, we dove around those various islands. And I can say that the fish population of the world, especially tropical fish, are amazing color, array of radical iridescent colors that actually look good. If we try to do those colors, they don't, they don't look good. But if God puts those colors together, you go, wow. It looks like they got some sort of electricity on the electric light. That's the iridescent part of them. Well, anyway, beautiful. It's part of the reason I do. So I want to talk tonight about, well, I believe God led me on this. I've been reading around it. Is the Holy of Holies in the New Testament. Now, if I was going to do a quiz and say, what chapter of the Bible of a chapter of the New Testament would be so sacred that it would be called by commentators the Holy of Holies of the New Testament? Raise your hand. I'll, 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 
Raise your hand. Tell me if you got a if you got a guess. Just go for it. Brother Knott, we'll start with you. Give me a shot. I know you didn't. <laughs> you got to get it rolling. Got to get the blood going. Got to get the blood going. No. You just got to give me a chapter, brother. A book and a chapter. Revelation, but somewhere in Revelation, no. Anybody else? Come on now. Come on. What? No. Yes. Ooh, trouble. Double wonderful now. Double wonderful. John 17. Most of you know that is, it's called the high priestly prayer chapter. All right. So get your Bibles, your books, your phones, whatever the world you're using. And go to that. I'm going to try to do something I normally don't do, which I normally don't do, may become something I end up doing. Because there is no normal now for me. So I keep going by it, so I'm going to stop and go this way. John chapter 17. I'm going to give a quick read of that. Can I have, for the sake of my old eyes, could I have a little more light? Just turn that light over the top of me on. Yeah, go ahead and do that one. And do the next one. Yes, thank you. Ooh. That's way better. I'm going to read this because I'm going to read it. It's, the outline of this is in three parts. And I'll describe what the outline is on, the, on there in a minute. And go through the outline. We're going to do a little exposition. Not long. It won't be long. A little exposition of the greatest, possibly the greatest. It's the greatest prayer chapter. Some believe the greatest prayer chapter in the whole Bible. It is Jesus... The only recorded long prayer that we have of the Lord Jesus Christ. Most all of his prayers in the Bible are short. They're short. The, 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 the disciples' prayer, the, the, they call it the Lord's Prayer. It's a mistake to call it that. It's not. The Lord taught his disciples to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth it is, as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as, as we forgive those who trespass against us. He could not pray that prayer. For he had no trespasses to forgive. So that wasn't the Lord's Prayer. It's called the Lord's Prayer. But it's, a, it's the Lord's Prayer for his disciples to pray. That's it. You and I can pray that. And we should pray that. Forgiving others. Now, you people that haven't forgiven anybody out there, if you haven't forgiven them, they've done wrong to you, then you're, you're, according to what I read in the Bible, your sins are not being forgiven. So if I was you, I'd get right with everybody so that God and you can be right with each other. Because with the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son giving Himself for you, and He's forgiven you all your trespasses and sin, surely you can forgive what men do to you. Surely you can forgive the betrayals people do to you. Surely you can forgive the abuses People do to you after what Christ has done for you and for me. And that's pretty much when it says, forgive us our trespasses as, I, as you forgive those who trespass against you. So he couldn't pray that. But what he could pray and what he did pray was 17th chapter. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come and glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. 
This is eternal life. This is life eternal. That they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou hast give, which gave us me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory that I had with thee before the world was. That's an interesting statement we'll talk about. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest me them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. That's what married people say. I look at my wife and say, what's yours is mine and what's mine's mine. No, I guess that's not the way that is, is it? What's mine's hers and what's hers is mine. Right? That's what he said to the Father. And now I am no more in the world, but these are of the wor in the world. And I am come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost. But the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them. Ooh, that's deep right there. That explains a lot. Because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. The world hates you because you're simply not of their spirit. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world. In other words, we're, we're not supposed to die for Christ. We're supposed to live for Him. But that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. That's a memory verse we have. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world, and we are. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also, and you need to underline this verse, for them also which shall believe on me through their word. That's you. Jesus, almost 2,000 years ago, was praying for you that they all might be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, and that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me, and the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them, and thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am. I'm glad for that statement, amen. That they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have been known that thou hast sent me. I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love 
wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. Okay, if you hit these two lights again. Now that we've read that, here's the outline for that. The Holy of Holies in the New Testament, reading which we just finished, outline of John 17. So we see in verses 1 through 8, Jesus prayed for himself. There's nothing wrong with praying for yourself. I've heard people get up and preach, oh, you ought never to pray for yourself, always ought to pray for others. I appreciate that. But I'm just going to follow Jesus' example. How about that? Jesus prayed for himself. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed for himself. He says, may this cup pass from me. He was in struggle of that old deal. And so, uh, but I don't think your whole prayer ought to be for yourself. Makes sense, right? I mean, you're not going to, the whole thing shouldn't be egocentric. But you ought to pray, but there is a time to pray for yourself, and he did in the first eight verses there. And then we see Jesus prayed for his own, and that's verses 9 through 19. And this outline is not forced. This outline is a naturally opening outline as you read read through it. 9 through 19, pray, his prayer for his own. So he prayed for himself, he prayed for his family, and he prayed for the world. Verse 20 through 26. That's a good outline, natural outline of the 17th chapter. The greatest prayer chapter in the entire Bible, in my opinion. I looked in the Schofield Bible, and I use the Schofield Bible, and that's what this is here. I like Schofield Bible. The old Schofield has a couple notes that are not good, they're erroneous. There are a couple of erroneous notes, but if you can get by them, all the other notes in the Bible are great notes, and they'll help you. But if you, don't, you can't get by those two problems, then, then don't get it. Ryrie also makes a great Bible with a commentary, King James Bible also. He does a good job. But Schofield... Schofield was used so much by the Baptists, it was called for a long time the Baptist Bible. The old Schofield Bible was considered the Baptist Bible. I like it. It's got a, this is an outline that comes right out of Schofield. I wanted to share it with you. Um, this is the outline that the seven petitions, this is called the seven petitions. You know what that is? I was used to mix up the word partition and petition. How many ever did that? Not one of you, you perfect people. <laughs> when I first started preaching, I'd say, seven partitions. Chris Powell, which was a master of language, English language, lawyer, he had come to me afterward and he said, no, Preacher Bill, he said, you know, it's petitions, not partitions. I'd say, etc., etc. And he'd come to me and he'd say, now, Preacher Bill, you know, I appreciate it. Now, this didn't happen on one day. He'd say, now, it's et cetera, et cetera. And uh, we just go through this. The whole time I was alive, he helped me. He really did. He helped me. But he did in a good spirit. Because I'm just an old junkyard mutt, junkyard dog with nothing going for me except Jesus. <coughs> that the Father may be glorified the Son. That's verse 1. He also prayed for the restoration of eternal glory. It's interesting to me in verse 5 that he said, oh, that he longed for the glory that, he said, restore the glory that we had before this whole thing happened. 
Before the foundation of the world, he said, Father, I want to have the glory back with you that I once had. And, and by the way, he does. And he prayed for the safety of believers. I thank God for that. He prayed for us. That they not, he, may, he said that they, they would be protected from the world and the evil one. Now, the three things that are against you, your flesh, the world, and the devil, the evil one. And that's, he prayed for two of them. He said, may save them from the world and the evil one. But your flesh fights you. I told uh, a preacher the other day, I said, my flesh is as bad today as it was when I was 18 years old. Just as bad. It, the flesh is not redeemable. You know, the liberals believe that you, you have a little, kind of a little uh, flame of, of goodness in you. And if it's, if it's put under the right circumstances and fanned correctly, you'll get better and better and better. And eventually you'll be sinless. I don't find that with aging. Have you ever heard of dirty old man? Grouchy old man? You ever heard of grouchy old man? Yeah, we're just... Actually, sometimes when you get old, you're maybe in a way worse than you were when you were a kid. If it wouldn't be for Jesus, well, we're not fit to live with. Sanctification of believers. We see that in verse 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And we need the truth to permeate us, don't we? We need it to permeate us. That's why we get in the book, because the truth of the book permeates us. Washing of the water by the word is the way it's verbalized. <clears throat> Believers are one together. I, right now I know of four church splits going on. Now there's times when I don't know anybody that's splitting. I don't know a church split out there. All of a sudden in the last month, I've heard of four Church, independent, fundamental, Bible, church. God have mercy on our souls. We're supposed to be one. Even as He is one. Let's work as hard at being one as you would want to work at not liking each other. <laughs> Rather than picking the things that you don't like about the church, <clears throat> concentrate on the things that you do like about the church. And the things you do like probably outnumber the things you don't like, but I don't think there will be a church you ever go to that you like everything. Maybe the only one will be up there, amen, when you get to heaven, then you'll finally get to a place where you don't have any objections. <clears throat> but when you have people that are walking with the old man, or a woman, whichever you want to call that, eventually, once in a while, he comes out, shows his ugly head, and, you know, shows himself for what it is. And so... Through the employment, I've been here uh, with these employees. You know, I had to. I was a pat. Pastor McKinney was eleven and a half years and never had a secretary. I had the first secretary that Gospel Baptist ever hired, and then I had the first assistant pastor, first youth pastor, and, and on and on, first financial, first full-time financial person. And I've had to get right with my employees or the church's employees. Sometimes i got to go to and humble myself and say, you know, that's not who I am. That's not the way I want to be. Have you ever had to do that? If you haven't, probably overdue. It'll save your marriage also. That the world may believe. That's another uh, petition, verse 21. That the world may believe. They can believe. Whosoever will may come. 
Only the sovereignty of God could do that. That, that, that believers be with him in heaven. And somehow I didn't get my verse on that. I think that's also verse 21. And maybe that's why I didn't put it in there. So that, that the believers would be with him in heaven. So at the time of this prayer, I believe this prayer is just before the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus is struggling because his hour has finally come. But I also think Jesus cared about Judas Iscariot. And Judas Iscariot was going to commit the most heinous crime of history. Kissing the Son of Man on the cheek and betraying him into the hand of sinners. It had to come by somebody. But he said, woe unto the one. When Jesus says, woe, my, my, my. And so, he was heavy hearted, and he prays his prayer, and yet you see there's a lot of solid, positive things in this prayer that encourages us. Christ had a mission the fourfold mission of Christ, I find in this also, in this chapter 17 of John. A.T. Robertson, which is uh, is a commentator of past, he was an astute language individual for Greek and Hebrew. And stuff. He was just tremendous. He wrote a five-volume set on word studies in the New Testament. Uh, tremendously smart man about the things of God. He said about this chapter, he said, like a rose half-drowning us with his sweetness, like some lovely fall, falling melody that comes again and again. The reiterated loves and longings of the chapter are this chapter are almost more than we can bear. Beautiful. Beautiful. There was a fourfold mission mentions in verses 1 through 8. I thought it was noteworthy. He says, I've glorified thee on earth. He said, I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. He said, I have manifested thy name. Verse 6. He said, I have given unto them the words that thou gavest me. Now, let's for a moment think about your life as a born-again believer and your mission as a born-again believer. Are we not to imitate Christ? Are we not being made in the image of Christ even at this, time, at this moment? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. That's the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to conform us unto His image. That we would basically mimic Him or imitate Him. Paul said, be followers of me. Under inspiration. Uh, do as I do, basically, is what Paul said. Be as, be as I am as a Christian, but without these bonds, he said. I don't mean these bonds I got, but I mean as a Christian. So, he said, first of all, I've glorified thee on earth. We should always be living in the power of the Holy Spirit in such a way as not to distract away from God's truth and His purity. People should not be able to look at you and find a reason why not to be part of God's kingdom. Are you with me? When you're 
whether it be tipping at a restaurant, paying your taxes, conducting your business, honoring your warranty, or whatever it is, you don't want to do anything to detract away from the honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when you say you're a Christian, you take His name. I know what the Bible says we're supposed to do. He said, if somebody wrongs you, take it. Let them defraud you for my name's sake. He had a mission. He said, I'm going to glorify thee on earth. The word glorify can mean in a, in a kind of a slang, brag on. Brag on God. Go around talking, go, down, go around glorifying Christ. Go around bragging on God. Boy, God saved me out of a life of sin. Boy, God, He's cleaned me up. Boy, God's helped me have peace at night. Boy, God's given me the joy unspeakable and full of glory. Woo, He's helped me. And it gets to be a habit. And there are bad hobbits and good hobbits. For you that read. So, the, uh, you know, that you, you develop a good habit. And it's a good habit to go around saying what God's done for you, not what God has somehow shorted you on or missed you, missed out on. Or I always wanted blonde hair and I got black hair. I always wanted hair and I don't have any. Or whatever, you know. Don't go around. Emphasize the good by the grace of God. Also, that's great marriage advice. I mean, I have to say that. He said, Maybe this is a better way to do it anyway. That, that was good. So I finished the work that thou gave us me. I want to mention a few things about that. I finished the work thou gave us me. End well. End well. I finished the work that thou gave us me. Keep playing the piano until you can't play it anymore. You're close. But I mean, uh, <laughs> no. Stop it. Stop it. Keep, keep singing, brother. Brother Zook, keep playing that guitar by the grace of God. Keep up until God says stop, you know. You'll know when. Keep painting pictures until you can't paint them anymore. Or paint them more blurry as, it, as, it, as things go on. But uh, finish the work that God's given you to do. I like Paul says, I finished my course. I've kept the faith. I finished my course. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. I didn't bail out in the last few years of my life. I didn't bail out on, on the local church. I didn't bail out on God's system of reaching the world for Christ. I stuck with the mission programs, and I stuck with soul winning, and I stuck with the Bible, and I, I, I stayed with the things of God. I finished the course. Finish well. Let me tell you, the devil's got a plan for you. He's got a dream for you, and that is not to finish well. Here, we don't want you to finish well. Don't crash before you end well. Don't quit before you end well. There is no retirement in the things of God unless it's time. And there is time, okay? You get where you can't preach anymore. You get where you can't keep your thoughts together and can't make it happen. And you, maybe like Bob Jones Sr. did, he would repeat the illustration and say it again. And like he never said it. And in one sermon, he'd say the same illustration three or four times. There may be some truth to that. <laughs> maybe it takes three times to get it, but but he'd say, and they finally told him, you know, Dr. Bob, you can't preach anymore. 
You've done everything you can do. You've done it, but now your body's letting you down on it. You can't do it. And there's got to be a time. You've got to be gracious to that. And so he said, I've manifested thy name. We need to keep lifting up the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ every way we can with all the creativity we can and all the methods we can. I believe we ought to keep doing it every way possible in tracts and sermons and t-shirts and billboards and Bible studies and door-to-door bus ministry, Awana ministry, nursing home ministry, Christian school, ladies' time apart, through music, you know, by the grace of God, practical helps, witnessing through the internet, podcasts, Facebook, woo, just anything that God opens the door on, ice cream ministry, that was a wild ministry, ice cream ministry. Now, car show ministry. Oh, yeah, car show ministry. We're finding out, and people at Gospel Baptist know about car show. Pam Ziegler's husband is almost famous car show person. I didn't know know we had help. Her husband is up in Chicago, was that? For his whole family life? They had an unbelievable history. I didn't even know that. And, and you people that want to show your cars off, now you got to, you're going to have a, able, a place to do it. But it's all, about, it's all about really lifting Jesus up. It's all about manifesting the Lord Jesus Christ to people that will come. And we're not going to preach at them, make them uncomfortable. We're going to go around and say, we're just mingle. Soul winners are going to mingle among them. You know, say you save, you go anywhere, your church, you... And then we're not going to hurt their feelings, but we're going to tell them about Jesus if they'll let us. They just had a woman saved up at Wrinkler on their car show. Uh, I've given, un- and the first thing he did is, is I've given unto them the words that thou gavest me. Be faithful to the words. And I want you to notice something there. It's the words. That's not a mistake. It- it's not the generalities of God. It's not the sentences of God. It's not the paragraphs of God. It's not the sum of the words, but all of the words. Lift up the words of God, all of them. It said, Jesus said in Matthew 24, 35, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Now you know, if you think about that, could you say that? The words that I speak won't be remembered an hour from now. But the Holy Spirit will. You have to be God to that to, for that to be true. The words that I speak. You have to be God for that. For, Ma- for Matthew 24, 35 to be true, you have to be God. My words shall not pass away. Or you're a madman, you know, liar, lunatic, or Lord option. I mean, he was either a liar, he was a lunatic, or he was who he said he was. And Mark chapter 8, verse 38 says, Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and my words, and this adulterous and sinful generation, of him shall also the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. I believe you ought to stick with the words of God, the old time-tested word. I don't believe you ought to move the, the uh, landmarks your forefathers have set. I believe generations have gone before us. They have lived their entire lives in Christ. They have given us a certain inheritance. 
and we value that and we take that and then we add our life to that inheritance and we then pass that inheritance out to the third generation and then that goes on and on and on. This whole attitude of uh, old stuff is, is get rid of, be careful. Be careful that your egotism doesn't cause you to lose the things that God has intended for you to inherit. One of the reasons I use the King James Bible, 400 years God's used that book. Supernatural interpretation, I mean, no doubt about it. The 44 men who put that thing together have never been put together in the history of the world since that time. Not that smart of people. 44 people who were just phenomenal geniuses of language were put together before the internet. And God used them boys to put the Bible together, the King James Bible. There's been no great English revival without the King James Bible. I'm going to stick with it. Part of the reason I'm going to stick with it because everybody seems to want to leave it. And that bothers me. So, Jesus, after the 17th chapter, goes to the Garden of Gethsemane, spends a few hours before being betrayed, and the guards come up, led by Judas Iscariot, as he comes up and kisses him on the cheek to identify which one he is. And I like in John, I think it's only found in John, where he says, I am he. And the he's added, by the way. And they all fell back on the ground. <laughs> For a slight moment, the Father gave glory again to who he was by causing them to fall backwards because he was their creator and the creator of everything that is. Ooh, if they knew how close they were to dying. Both them boys knew how close they were to hell when they were messing with the Son of God. That's why I said one of the first statements of the kisses of Calvary is, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I got a feeling the angels were ready just to take them all out. How dare they handle the Savior of the world that way? How dare they handle my Creator? Remember, remember He was the angel's Creator too. I don't know if anybody was whipping your mom or dad or what you'd feel like. But I'd feel like jumping in there and taking a piece of them. I got to feel those angels were right, right. Maybe the sword started coming out on Gabriel and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And that sword goes back. He had to go through it because he had to satisfy the justice of God that all sins that were, could be, he literally died for the world. He died for the, every sin that had ever been committed if people would believe. I hope that 17th chapter says something a little different on a great day of Thanksgiving. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239 947 one two eight five. Thank you and God bless.